Hola amigos, it is me, Daniel D, with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast, and it is Friday, January 13th, 2023. Contrary to the popular folklore, this Friday the 13th is not unlucky. Double negative there, I think, but no, it's very lucky, because you get to hear me, right, release a new podcast episode, so hey, how's that for good luck? Anyway, I'm going to read um, this reading of an article I put out yesterday on my Substack: how the woke debate, the way wokesters win arguments without ever making a single good faith argument. It's a humorous slice of life vignette or slice of wokeness vignette in which you know, I present in kind of a humorous way the way woke people debate, like how they do their thing and get over on you, you know, if you're not paying attention. Um, and then I conclude with a nice little tip on how to avoid falling into the wokes, the wokest's trap that they try to set for you. So anyway, here we go. The scene is a high-end coffee shop in a gentrified urban neighborhood. An androgynous and porky person with pink hair and pale, almost translucent skin named Pat, pronouns it, it, stands to its feet and waddles toward a whiteboard on an easel. Pat is surrounded by similarly flabby, ghastly, pale, and sexless people whose unblinking eyes follow its every move. Pat paces, gestures, and speaks like a professor who thinks it knows everything. The subject of Pat's lecture is how the woke debate. Hi, I'm Pat, and my pronouns are it, it. A few audience members return its greeting and provide their own pronouns. Pat then stiffens its face and tries to look somber before clearing its throat. Let us all bow our heads for a land acknowledgement and an invocation of the noble spirit of the indigenous people from whom this land was stolen. Pat's students reverently bow their heads. Many of them clasp their hands together or raise their hands as if praying. One makes a muffled weeping noise and beats its breast dramatically. Pat clears its throat and begins. Let us acknowledge that the land on which we stand was stolen from the Slapaho tribe. Let us honor their rich cultural heritage, which unfortunately has been lost to humanity because of the evil colonizers. A smattering of moans passes through the audience. Pat frowns and shakes its head for about 10 seconds before continuing. So, in the name of equity and inclusion, we invite the spirits of the Slapaho tribal elders to abide with us, to commune with us, and to impart their wisdom and blessing upon us, and to forgive us our sins, and to forgive us the sins of our ancestors, in the name of the goddess. The others murmur, Amen, and yes, and have mercy. Pat nods solemnly and wipes away a tear. After composing itself, it begins speaking. Thank you for gathering here, and honoring the memory of our cultural and spiritual forebears, the Slapahoes. Welcome to tonight's lesson, in which I will teach you how you can never lose another debate ever again. How does that sound? Its audience responds with gestures and inarticulate sounds of approval. Yeah, you know, something like that. I never lose an argument, boasts Pat. I never lose because I never argue. I attack. Pat pretends to be a pirate with a cutlass and briefly sword fights an imaginary opponent. Its students voice their enthusiastic support. Pat stops abruptly, holsters its invisible weapon, and asks, do you want to learn how to attack instead of argue like I do? The others loudly indicate that they do. Very well, said Pat. I shall teach you. I shall teach you how to attack and defeat your interlocutor without ever making an argument. First, you must identify yourself 
and the oppressed group for which you stand. One identity under the goddess with diversity and equity and inclusion for all. You identify with all the intersectionality in your body. You identify with and as your position on the issue being debated. Your position, whatever it is, is anchored to your identity. And you anchor your identity, whatever it is, to your position. Do this publicly and loudly and repeatedly so that it gets anchored in your audience's mind as well. Let us say, for example, that you are a black trans woman like Laverne Cox, Andrea Jenkins, or Ibram X. Kendi. Let us say that you are debating someone about climate change. Well, naturally, you are going to be taking the position that climate change is real and that it is an existential crisis that we must work together to solve. But your stupid opponent is arguing that climate change is fake and that he shouldn't have to work together with the rest of us to address it, even though it's clearly an existential crisis. In that case, the first thing you will do, the very first thing is declare very loudly so that everyone present can hear you clearly that you, Pat was clapping his hands together after every word now, that you are a black trans woman and that you are approaching it from the perspective and from the authentic lived experience of a black trans woman. This accomplishes the purpose of anchoring your position to your identity as a black trans woman, to your identity as a member of three, three oppressed and marginalized groups, your blackness, your transgenderness, and your womanhood, and to your identity as the point through which this holy trinity of marginalized identities intersects. You anchor your ideological position to your identity in your own mind, in your opponent's mind, and most important of all, in your audience's mind. And by anchoring your position to your identity as an intersectional black trans woman, you have ensured that your opponent cannot attack your position without also attacking your identity. And every single marginalized group that comprises that identity. As soon as you have accomplished that, the debate is won. You don't have to make an argument. You don't have to worry about marshalling evidence, nor do you have to bother providing reasons in support of any of the particular interpretation of that evidence that you want your audience to accept. You don't have to worry about that. Because logic and argumentation are white supremacists. Pat's voice began growing louder and higher pitched until it was shrieking. Patriarchal, transphobic construct. We do not engage in logic. We practice rhetoric and critical dialectic. The tools of choice for those victims like us who are oppressed by the white supremacist, patriarchal, transphobic. Pat's face turns red and then purple. It froths at the mouth. Spittle flies from its mouth and drips from its lips. Pat's audience receives the saliva droplets gratefully as if they are being sprinkled with holy water. Pat finally screams, SYSTEM! Pat huffs and heaves and strains to catch its breath. It doubles over and pants for a moment before finally continuing. When the white man, cis man, for you can be sure that if someone is arguing that climate change is okay, it's going to be a white man. A white cis man. Or possibly a white woman who goes to church and thinks women should just be submissive and get all their opinions about everything like climate change from their uneducated redneck husbands. 
And so she takes her redneck husband's ignorant cis male opinion about climate change and adopts it as her own because she's a self-hating woman with Stockholm Syndrome in a cis heteronormative patriarchal system. Pat begins huffing and puffing and hyperventilating. Someone attempts to offer Pat a bottle of water, but another audience member intervenes saying, don't interrupt it. It is communing with the great Salapaho spirit. A hush falls over the spectators. They watch in awe and admiration as Pat swoons and rocks back and forth, caught up in the invisible Slapaho spirit. After a couple of minutes, Pat's eyes begin to flutter. It starts stammering as if speaking in tongues. You know, the audience is cheering encouragingly. Yes, yes, shouts Pat at long last. Comrades, I was just visited by the great spirit of the Slapaho lands. The spirit filled me with righteous compassion for all the people who have been unjustly denied their own voice, denied their own history, denied their own community, denied the right to take pride in their people and in themselves. I was filled with so much compassion for them all. And the great Slapaho spirit also filled me with great anger and grievous vexation of spirit against the evil enemy who has committed these crimes. The white man, the white cis man, the evil white cis heteronormative man who walks among us and argues with us today about why we should just let the climate go ahead and change and kill the entire human race because white cis heteronormative men are evil. The evil white men, evil white. This man is the one who denied all these people their voices, who denied them the validity of their own lived experience, and who spoke for them rather than letting them speak for themselves, and who stole their history and their land, and that exact same evil white man, evil white cis man, walks among us today, continuing to occupy this stolen land. And that this same evil white cis man is trying to oppress us with all his rules of logic and grammar, which is why we reject logic and grammar in the name of the goddess. And it is the identity of the evil white cis man that makes him evil, that makes everything that comes out of his mouth a lie, unless it agrees with the authentic perspective and lived experience of every non-white, non-cis, non-hetero, non-normative, non-male out there. The audience applauds boisterously, whistling and whooping. Pat smiles gratefully and motions for them to be quiet. It continues. That is the takeaway for each of you tonight. You identify your position with the most marginalized aspects of your identity. And you identify your opponent with the most privileged aspects of his. That is how you frame the debate. That's it. And you don't argue that framing with him because we do not argue. You just state it as a fact and you move on, honey. Once you've established the connection for each of you between your positions and your respective identities, you as a holy and unblemished sacrificial victim of the system, him as an evil and oppressive colonizer, then you condemn him as the evil bigot and transforming climate change denier that he is because by disagreeing with you, he is attacking your identity. Remember, your identity is identical to your ideological position. Your position is identified with your marginalized, oppressed identity, and your marginalized, oppressed identity is identified with your ideological position. He can't attack your position without attacking your identity. That makes him a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a transphobe, everything bad, evil. And you just repeat that attack. You just attack him and attack his identity as an oppressor as viciously as you can. And you repeat that attack until he either leaves or starts apologizing 
And when he leaves or apologizes, you've won the debate without ever having had to make an argument. I call it the Icaca method, and it works. I is for identify with. You identify your position with your identity, and especially with the most marginalized and oppressed aspects of that identity. C is for compartmentalize and complain. As in you find anything in your opponent's statements that relates, however tangentially, to your identity, and you treat that part of his statement as a separate compartment, and you lift that compartment out of context, and you magnify the hell out of it, so that your opponent, and most importantly, so that your audience can see that your opponent is an evil bigot. A is for ad hominem attack. And this is where it really gets fun. Attack his character. Assassinate his reputation. Show no mercy. C is for counterattack and cry, which are closely related. You counterattack by crying and complaining about how hurt you are that he would disrespect your identity. And once he lowers his guard because he's concerned about you or because he's confused and doesn't know what's going on because he's worried that, oh my gosh, people are going to think that I'm racist or transphobic or whatever. Whatever the reason is, as soon as he lowers his guard, you counterattack by slandering his reputation and dragging it through the mud. Whatever the thought crimes are that will get him banished from the community and fired from his job, you assassinate his character with that. And A is for assessment. How did it go? Is he apologizing yet? Has he left? Because those are the only two acceptable outcomes. Either he apologizes or he leaves. And whichever one he does, you need to film him doing it. And while he's leaving or apologizing... You and every comrade within 50 yards needs to be yelling and screaming abuse at him for being a racist, sexist, transphobic, homophobic, fatphobic asshole! But if he's not ready to apologize or leave, you just repeat the steps of the I caca method until he does. And that, my friends and comrades, is that's how we, the woke, engage our enemies. That's how we win every debate without ever having to waste any time at all making an argument. The I caca method works online. It works in person. Best of all, it works when you record it and show it to his boss and get him fired from his job because that's what your opponent deserves for being the one who took all this land away from the Slapaho Nation. He's personally guilty of that and we are the instruments in the hands of the goddess to bring public condemnation upon him in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Note, while presented humorously in the slice of wokeness vignette above, the I Kaka method is, well, it's actually how the woke debate. If you find yourself in such a debate and see the wokest begin using I Kaka, that is, trying to frame the debate as being about their identity rather than whatever the underlying issue is and the reasons for or against that issue, you must remember that you're not debating someone who's interested in making a good faith argument. So the normal rules don't apply because the wokest has chosen to flout them. The wokest trick, however, is that he, she, it, whatever the pronoun is that they make up about themselves, the wokest still expects you to follow the normal rules so that he, she, it can then use those rules against you. But because your brain's not handicapped by wokeness the way theirs are, you should have a freer and funnier sense of humor than they do. Since the, woke, since the wokest refuses to have a good faith argument, just have fun with it. Do to them what they're trying to do to you, but do it in the name of giving yourself and everyone who observes the exchange a good laugh. For an example of such an exchange, and I've linked to this, uh, there's a comment section where a self-identified lesbian, that's the first thing she felt like she needed to share about it, you know, 
Not, hey, you made a bad point, but it was like, hey, I'm a lesbian, and blah, 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 I'm offended, and this is about my identity and my the offense that I'm taking to it, you know. So anyway, she attempted to use the AI caca method against Jay Rollins, and she got schooled for it. So some amount of hilarity ensues. There's a link um, to that. Uh, also, I just want to put this in. There is a comment um, that somebody made in my response. Uh, well, of course... I like it because I'm the one that wrote it. But I, I thought it was good. And, you know, if I hadn't, if I had thought of this before, I would have put it in the regular part of the article. So I'll go ahead and read it here because, you know, anyways. Uh, I think the best way to keep otherwise normal people from adopting wokest ideas is to treat wokeism as the clown show absurdity that it is. Don't waste any time formulating arguments against it unless and until the wokest themselves begin making good faith arguments. Now, if that is a different story. And if they're making a good faith argument, if they're actually like trying to like, you know, give and take in a discussion and say, here's my reasons for this, my evidence, this is my logic or analyzing your argument in that way. Like, well, I don't know about this evidence or here's why. If they're actually giving you good faith arguments, you know, then re reciprocate that. You know, good faith, um, maintain good faith on your own part. But if you see them acting in bad faith, which... I don't want to say that every wokest out there does this, but like pretty much everyone that I've encountered online or in real life, this is how they argue. Unfortunately, uh, you know. So anyway, if you see this happening and recognize, okay, they're they're not acting in good faith. This isn't. They're not interested in having a good faith discussion, debate, whatever. They're not interested in forming an argument or understanding my argument and criticizing it. You know, on the merits. They're just trying to you know act in bad faith. Then guess what? Don't try to have an argument yourself. Just have fun with it. Unleash your inner Andy Kaufman slash Tony Clifton and let them keep feeding you material with their pathetic attempts to cry bully. You just use the over-the-top satire and sarcasm. That's the best weapon right there. Because it's a freaking clown show. And you break the spell by showing it for the joke that it is. Most people don't agree with or support the wokest deranged agenda. We break the spell by mocking and satirizing the hell out of it. Many mainstream folk lack the time or mental bandwidth for fully analyzing woke dialectic, though intuitively they know there's something rotten about it. The emperor truly has no clothes, so stop arguing with the emperor's grifting clothiers about what fabric we should use for our clothes or what fabric you know is best for the emperor or whatever, and just laugh at the emperor for being such a twat, right? Going around naked and all these people pretending like the emperor is wearing this fine clothing, you know, whatever. Don't play along. Laugh at them for being idiots. You know, I mean, because again, they're acting in bad faith. They're trying to make you look bad. Don't, you know, don't play their game, basically. Just the, the way to do it is just like, no, this person's making themselves into a joke and I'm just going to laugh at it. And that's the best way. Don't, you know, especially if you're online. Online discussions, if you get mad and lose your cool and start calling names, that's what they're wanting. Then you make yourself look bad, all that. But if you just have fun with it, just laugh. Just let them feed you material. Just let them set up, you know, feed you set up so you can give them a punchline. Just have fun. And let everybody see that you're having fun and they're getting into this rage. And, you know, eventually they'll rage quit the, the chat or whatever. Anyway... Those are my tips. Uh, what do you think? Hey, if you disagree with me, let me know. You can comment um, on this podcast. Well, if you in, through the Substack app, you can podcast on it. 
I'm sorry, you can respond to the podcast through the Substack app, or you can just go to the article itself. I'll link to it in the show notes. Again, my name is Daniel D. Hey, subscribe to a ghost in the machine.substack.com uh, so you get notified whenever I release great um, stuff like the, what you're listening to right now. So, anyway, till next time, peace out.